Welcome Sue, pioneer in the field of improvisation since 1980, home based in San Francisco. How are you Sue and thanks for, uh, for this podcast. Well, you're welcome and I'm doing just fine. It's the middle of the day here in San Francisco, a bright lovely day. Is San Francisco still the place to be, the best city in the world? Well, what I, one of the things that I find really fun is everybody knows San Francisco, wherever I go. When I say, they say, where are you from? I say, San, oh, San Francisco. So the perception is it's the place to go. Like everywhere else in the world, the city is in transition. And there's a lot of grassroots effort to hold it to its unique, uh, diverse quality of it rather than because some areas are really what's called gentrifying, yep. gentrification, which is people are buying up these places and turn, changing the neighborhoods. So there's a lot of grassroots holding, trying to hold on to this very diverse co- character of the city. So the the more, how do you call them? The, the Often the techies, the people that are a little bit more rebel, they want to yeah, maintain the culture and uh, mm. f- for everyone to have a- able to access the city at least and to live there. Right. Same stuff uh, happens ac- in Amsterdam now, in Berlin, yeah. Yeah, actually it's the tech boom that's happening here that's really causing part of the problem. Yeah. Because those people are earning high salaries and they want places to live in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of us already living here, so they need to make new places. So that's part of the problem, that challenge of new people coming into the city who want a nice place to live. Yeah. Even, so it's uh, even Oakland is getting really popular, right? Yes, yes. I remember definitely. celebrating underground parties there, but nowadays I, they might not be called underground parties anymore. They may have a different name. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, I, I started in applied improvisation before you were born. So yeah, we just figured I, that I out. I don't know that culture. <laughs> yes. So, Sue, we met, uh, I think, for the first time in Berlin during the Applied Improv um, um, Congress, or how do you call it? Conference. Conference. It's a conference. Yes. Yes. Will you join the conference in um, uh, in England? In Actually, I won't. I can't. Come. Oh. I just finally made the decision like two days ago. This will be the first one I missed since 2005. Oh, that's sad. I'm still not yeah. sure if I can make it. It's, it's Oxford, by the way, right? Yes, yeah. yes. So, uh, well, let's see. Let's see how that will go. Mm-hmm. And um, so, Sue, uh, I always love the question, why do you do what you do? And what do you do for people mm-hmm. that maybe do not really know what improvisation means? Mm. Well, I like to describe improvisation as a great big pie. Mm. That... There are different ways it can be used. That essentially what it is, is a skill set. It's a skill set that allows uh, people to think more clearly on their feet, to be more creative, to be able to engage in, pr- in the present moment in a very deep way, to be more aware, 360 degree awareness, to, to be able to um, see things that can work and move in that direction very quickly, a lot of mental agility. Um, so there's his skill set. One piece of that pie is performing. And I've been there and done that. I had an improv troupe for 28 years here in the city that I directed and produced and played with. Uh, and I also, 
there's the, the workshops, which are part of that performance pie, though that piece of the pie is broadening to almost being a different piece of the pie, which is using those principles, skills, and tools as a teaching methodology. And that's showing up in a lot of other areas. Therapy, it's showing up in organizations, it's showing up in uh, schools, um, all different. It's showing up in the jails, everywhere. It's beginning, that skill set mm-hmm. is showing up. So that's another piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. I also taught improvisational theater for about mm, 30 years. And I don't do that anymore, nor do I do the performing part anymore. I've shifted totally over to the other piece of the pie, which is the applications to life and to work. Yeah, yeah, we share that, I think. I, I do yes. still perform, but it's very little. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I find people say, oh, don't you miss that? And I realized that just being up in front of a group of people and helping facilitate some learning and trying some new things is there's a degree of performance to that in that I can access my performance skills totally. like create a character voice in the moment you know you so what do you think about that you know or do something just off the cuff that reinforces the learning and keeps it light light and not therapeutic or something right or like heavy learning yeah you know heavy learning yeah what do you think and then yes. silence And I also notice when you start off, well, maybe goofy is not the right word, but low threshold and funny, light-hearted, then mm-hmm. people feel like, ah, this is the threshold. This is the, exactly. we can we can go that way as well. So you actually invite them to, yeah, to to go with you, go with the flow. That's right. Brilliant. So, so Sue, I love your metaphor uh, with the pie and, and, uh, and improv. And for people that do not really know improv theater, Um, so well, can you g- give them a very quick description what it entails? Well, it would be theater without scripts. Mm-hmm. Essentially, where in the moment we are, through our awareness and our improv principles, making each other look good, building off of the moment, staying very focused on what's happening right now and out of our heads with plan, all of that, and we create theater. And it can happen in different formats, nice. short form, which is like a series of, mm, they're kind of like games, uh, though everything is based on audience input. So it keeps it very uh, fresh, spontaneous, and you just the players nor the audience know what's going to happen next. My troupe had a, we had a requirement, so to speak, and a challenge, which was not to repeat any material. Mm-hmm. So even if something worked really great in the past, we just have this promise to ourselves and each other that we're not going to drag that back out. Yeah, that's too easy. Yeah, and I love it because then you really um, uh, put yourself in a frame for for synergy to occur. Because yes. I really believe that synergy can only occur when you don't plan ahead. You know, when you're really in the moment and mm-hmm. you listen to the other and you build upon something that is there intrinsically. Yeah. Right. And one of the major differences between theater improv and application to your life or your work improv is in the interpretation of one of the core principles, yes and. Mm-hmm. So in theater improv, it's literal. 
that's a jargon. It's part of the way that we work, which means we love everything that comes up. We agree with it. We go yep. with it. Uh, we build off of it. When you move Yes And and all of its power out of theater, you have to remove the agreement piece out of the yes. Mm -hmm. Because that's where the jargon isn't taken literally. Mm -hmm. Jargon jargon is shorthand language from an industry. Mm -hmm. in, the, in this case, the industry being improvisation theater. Yeah. So, so that's, I think, one of the bigger challenges for both people who are on the receiving end Mm -hmm. And people who are delivering the yes and is to remember in this new context, it has to do with acceptance, mm -hmm. not agreement. Might be agreement, not a requirement. Yeah. Some, some like uh, some something like a mindful yes ending, like exactly embracing the situation. It's already happening. It's maybe not always nice. And then what shall we do? Shall we pivot? Shall we? Talk exactly. About what it. do we do with this? Yeah. Right. The first step always has to be some kind of acceptance, appreciation, acknowledgement, some respect yeah. in there, which allows us to then move into some kind of positive action. Yeah. If yeah. that's not there, it's just a yes, but. Yeah. Yeah. With a fancy with a fancy hat on. Exactly, and then you get like defense mechanisms in the equation, and you go mm -hmm. down spiral instead of going up. Yeah. Right. And after a time when people have been yes-butted enough, they shut down. They won't play anymore. They won't participate, mm -hmm. which means you really you lose a resource. Yeah. Yeah, you get a pff, terrible things, depression, people get burned out. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I love the principle, you know, I remember me starting uh, playing improv and nowadays I even call myself some sometimes, it's a bit cheesy, yes, Jessica. Um, Jessica, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes and Jessica. And yeah. then, uh, people think that I cannot say no, but I can. But I, That's uh, right. even though if I feel inside I, I'm not really happy with the current situation, um, I still try to embrace it and take the positive out of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it becomes really interesting if you can do that. Life can be really become, right. yeah, so much more, um, with so much more depth. And that you can right. actually lead it. Like you can transform mm -hmm. and you can uh, pave your own path towards right. a new future. Maybe right. if you not want to be where you are at a certain moment. So Sue, why, d why do you do improv? Like... Um, what is the purpose behind it? Like, can you remember that you had a certain situation from childhood or maybe not at all? What was the moment in your life you were like, yes, and <laughs> I will work with this skill set? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think as a child, I was always a bit of, um, my mother called it a show off. I love to sing songs for the family and tell stories. I love to make up <laughs> plays, you know, all of that. So there was, and it turns out that I've got a great grandmother who was an actress. Ah, here you so go. So there's some genetic influence DNA. there, perhaps. Uh, anyway, my, my grandmother on my father's side told my folks, you really need to get this girl some singing and dancing lessons. You know, she recognized it. My my folks, I think, just saw it as family entertainment, and they had a different idea for me. You know, it's like... Don't dance I, during dinner. Yeah, that's, I, I never laid that on my kids. It's like, what do you want to pursue? What creative thing do you want to explore? Let's do it. 
Yeah. You know, until they found their niche, and both their, their niches turned out to be music, strangely ah, enough. Even go. though they're both very artistic, they're both very comfortable in front of groups, they both are good singers, they both write songs, you know. And anyway, so it's like, and I, I approach to work with my grandson the same way. What are you interested in? Let's mm. do it. He's a drawer. He's just like constantly drawing. Here's today's mail. It's the gold. <laughs> it's the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, Start that's so cute. Bend, bending and bowing. You know. <laughs> that's so nice. I love it. So you know what? What and where? It's like so for me. That was very early on. That seed was there. And when did it all come together and go aha with improvisation? At the very first workshop I attended in 1975. <laughs> Ta-da. Ta-da! It was exactly like that. Yeah. Doors opened, lights flashed, bells rang. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was at that. Yeah, exactly. At that moment, I knew this. This is for me. This is your. This is a fit. Destination or destination starting point, even. Yeah, it was. It was just like this is such a fit. This is who I am. Yeah. It was like finding myself. Nice. So, That's so beautiful. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And and uh, how I've done that has just evolved. Like mm -hmm. it started off with performing, then it evolved into leading a workshop because my the group I was working with left town, led my own workshops. I went on and on, my own troupe, you know, yeah. it's like, and then eventually my students said, hey, Sue, nudge, nudge, we're using this stuff at work. Can you come in and help us do it better? Hmm. Ding. Never thought of that. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> and that opened another whole big door. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. So... Um, so I was I was wondering, uh, like, what is what is like the meaning underneath that? Why is this such a beautiful fit for you? What is what is your purpose in that sense? What's your mission with this skill set? To share it as much as possible, everywhere and anywhere I can. Yeah, because you I mean, would it, love it people to be more humble towards themselves and others or to be more open or to be more flexible or or something you would love to see differently well I use my own experience yeah as the inspiration in that it had such an impact on me <coughs> and the way I related to myself and to others and to the world it just shifted so much mm. And to be able to make those shifts with playful, concrete tools, techniques, and principles, it's like, how much better does it get? Exactly. And I don't believe that this approach is perfect for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to think that, but I'm, I'm wiser now. <laughs> it is not. However, everyone can pull something from it and use it in their own way. Exactly. So, you know, I've worked with a lot of high-tech companies. You name any high-tech company from Silicon Valley, I've probably worked with them. Mm -hmm. um, and including things like Lawrence Livermore Lab with rocket scientists. I've worked with teachers. I've worked with bank tellers. I've worked with boards of directors. All different. The whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. And it, it has resonated with people just across the board. I've also worked all over the world, you know, both Far East, South Korea, very conservative culture, and Japan, and they get it. It may be a challenge. Mm -hmm. They get it. You know, it's they get cross some, cultures, yeah. It definitely is. I didn't know how cross culture it was till I started working in Europe. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had the same experience in India. You know, I feel that they yes. were kind of because the culture in general is a little bit timid and uh, you know, kind of reserved. And mm -hmm. suddenly they can kind of they have a moment of stealing the show or or explore something, and they they just need a little nudge, and then it's yes. like wow, they're surprised by everything they can accomplish. Yeah, right. Beautiful. And, uh, I've worked in Turkey and Israel also, so they're you know the same different versions of um, the same thing. One of the more challenging cultures was Japan because their education system is based on passive learning. Aha, uh -huh. yeah. Sitting so they chair. don't ask questions, they yeah. don't volunteer things. So group discussions are almost, I had to design totally around <coughs> their culture. Wow. And, and they got it. Same thing in South Korea. I had to design for the culture, which is low risk, little baby steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that means that it's actually, in a sense, universal because it's it's uh, human centered based. Exactly. I think everyone has this little child that is screaming for you know exploration and adventure. But there's several reasons, and that's for everyone different. Why this voice cannot, uh, yeah. Take uh, take a stake, and yes. um, yeah, that's so. I'm always really surprised when, even if you see judgmental faces of people, how they can still shift and mm -hmm. and explore it. So, right. um, Sue, you are talking about um, you developed some um, skills for yeah leadership skills, and. Um, can you talk about that a little bit more? What what are your uh, best practices in that, and why are these so important, and for whom? Mm -hmm. Well, let let's step back a bit and let's walk into this whole concept of leadership. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, the the old version of leadership was there was a manager who moved, and everybody's job was to follow. And that doesn't work anymore. Creating followers, right? Yeah. Right. That's not what it's about anymore. Now, there, there's this push to, in many industries, to find the leader within and step up. Uh, to so, in a sense, it's like more of a horizontal kind of leadership. There are some mm -hmm. companies that, on the team, the leader of the moment is the one who knows this subject and has the tools to help the team move. Yep. On the next project it might be somebody else. Yeah, it rotates. You know? yeah. So and and that's ideal, which means the education system has to change a whole lot to catch up with that. Definitely. Because the education system, at least over here, teaches people to be good workers, but mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily teach people to be good leaders. Exactly. So what what are the skills that need to be focused on. Uh, there was a, a study that was done a while back, several years ago, that asked top leaders of Fortune 500 companies of what they considered the most important skill. Mm -hmm. What did they do the most that <coughs> they credited with their success? And they said, surprise, surprise, they said listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I read that one. Yeah, mm -hmm. listening. And still, I still see that in a lot of leadership training that that's not what they lead with. You know, they lead more with the speaking and the being credible and being Rational. a leadership persona. Yes, and <laughs> being a plan maker. Um, 
And and these successful CEOs said, mm, listening. First, listening. So, and then there's that old thing about, you know, we have two ears and one mouth, which means we should be listening twice as much as we should be speaking. <laughs> yes. You know. Yes. Yeah, listen uh, to the listen exactly to the to the ideas that are already there. Um, I I also train at International Business Studies uh, of Innovation in, uh, in in Holland, IBIS, and the most successful uh, sessions are actually when the students just take the floor. I send them some uh, some videos in advance, and they will just take over and they they listen to each other. And I'm just mm. on a chair making some notes, and they love it. You know, mm. I have I have hardly anything to say. And those are really the most successful ones. So, in a sense, it's good news. We have to work less hard. Yes. Yeah, or be less convincing. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, related to that, the way that people, what you did is you created engagement around the principles, and then they got it. If you had stood there and lectured them about the principles, it would have gone into the head and got stuck looking for a place to file that or decide if I'm in agreement with it or what could not work about this or <laughs> you, you push it into the head. Exactly. Whereas what you did, and that's for me, that's the beauty of the applied improvisation is it brings it into the body, into the experience. Yeah. If I have X experience, I'm going to trust that more than if you tell me I might have X experience. Yeah. Because I've got it. So, and there are a lot of methodologies out there that are very engaging and hands-on and give people a chance to really mm, experience or feel or notice things. There's a lot of them. Applied improv happens to be just a lot of fun in addition to being so powerful mm -hmm. so which is why it's such a joy to use it when mm -hmm. I work with people yeah. currently I'm working mostly with facilitators trainers and coaches people who are creating the stage for new kinds of leadership who are creating formats and mm, engagements with groups and individuals to help them step into their leadership or their higher selves, their more highly functioning selves. Mm -hmm. I call those the doorway people. Yeah. Because each one of them they, has people they influence. <coughs> yeah. And if I can give them skills and tools that are easily transferable. You get a wrinkle effect. Yeah. Exactly. And Beautiful. if my goal is, as I said earlier, to share these tools, principles and skills as far as possible, that's an ideal audience for me at this stage. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I think we really share the same purpose uh, in, in that sense. Um, I even share the toolkits now to students. And I was in the beginning a little bit like, ah, maybe it's too deep or too difficult or mm. too something. But they translate it in their own worlds and it, and it works. Mm. It works. Yes. They can apply it. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, so you were talking about leadership skills and how can you... You were naming listening, uh, be less right. convincing. So how do you facilitate that? Like, how do you pull that off? Well, the, the way that I work is I take the improv... Mm, let me see. I almost always start off with some type of awareness exercise. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. in as I launch into some kind of program. Mm -hmm. uh, one that captures metaphorically exactly what the um, objective is. Mm -hmm. So if it's leadership, nice. I would put them in a situation, an activity where they had to share the leadership perhaps mm -hmm. on it. Then, and it would be an improv game, so it, the content would have nothing to do with work, which helps people relax, and they tend to show up as their most true self. When, as soon as we put work stuff on it, then we put on our work self, yeah. which sometimes can be a Conflict. facade, and we don't even realize it because we wear it so often. Mm -hmm. So this playful experience usually lasts maybe five minutes, not much more than that, seven minutes. Then the debrief of it has us look at and analyze what just happened. Yeah. Because there were skills, behaviors, and attitudes that made this experience work. And there were skills, behaviors, and attitudes that may have inhibited the process. Mm -hmm. So what were those? And we take a look at those and create a group list, or maybe we work individually and then make a group list. I work I do it different ways depending mm -hmm. on the audience. Yeah. What comes out of that is the fact that we have at our fingertips two very different skill sets. One that is very analytical and um, in nature and the other that's more for our interactive experiences. Mm -hmm. Our education system, at least over here, and in many cases or in different countries, is heavy on the analytical skills. Mm -hmm. So then you get these analytical people who've created something really amazing, and then they go to share it with other people, and they don't realize what they're doing, which is... Yeah. They're oh. actually creating defensiveness or resistance because mm -hmm. they don't have the other skill set to engage. Yep in a communication around it. So generally speaking, what I'm called in for or what I'm presenting is uses for this skill set, that interactive skill set. And it's a big long list, almost always. It's a huge big list on mm -hmm. a flip chart. It takes columns and some written up the side. And, mm -hmm. you know. So I synthesize it down to three core skills. One is being fully present. One is being open and one is being mentally flexible. Mm -hmm. So then I can apply those three core skills to almost anything that involves interaction. Mm -hmm. And in leadership, they come in, you know, like the being fully present, of course, is a, us being really there and listening and not in our heads thinking ahead or what I'm going to say when you shut up. That's so, why I never work in circles. I always say, whoever wants to be next, go for it. <laughs> yes. Well, it's fun to have people in a circle and say, let's jump around. And there's a lot of fun techniques for doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, using something to toss. Who do you toss it to? They yeah. go next. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the nice thing about circles, from my point of view, is that you can see each other. Mm -hmm. But taking turns in circles, it's, it's a, an example of, as you're pointing out how we get into patterns yep yeah uh, and patterns mean we're unconscious and we're not fully present yeah uh, so often there's a, a lot of really fun games that give you a chance to just notice how you're being present muscle mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. is, how well developed it is. And then listening is always a key piece of that. And I lead with that always because the rest of the day will be less effective if people don't know how to really listen in a very different way. Yeah. Yeah. So one of one of the things I teach people is an exercise called the voice mirror. It's actually a, like a tool. Mm-hmm. I think you've seen me do this before, the voice mirror. Yeah, it will recall if you okay. because we will start doing this, right? Yes, let's start right. doing it. So <laughs> I I start with I what I call training wheels, so yeah. people get a chance to s- experience how it works without really doing it yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to slow down talking. And anybody who's listening to this podcast can do it too. I'll slow down. And why don't you start softly matching the words that I'm saying? So while I talk. With audio? Yes, with audio. Softly. Softly. So you are matching Matching word for word word, everything everything I am am saying. saying. And And you you are are trying trying to say say these words words at at the the same same time. That, that I, I am saying, saying them. So, so you are, are not an echo. You, you are, are a mirror. mirror. <laughs> 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 All nice. right. And then time out on that. And yeah. now do that in your head. So that your thoughts are actually matching word for word what I'm saying. I'm remembering now. I will do it. Yes. Yes. And uh, for those watching, listening to the podcast, same thing. Just put it in your head now. And you may have noticed that Jessica was a little bit behind me. And that's very typical because there's a lot of you involved in doing it out loud like that. And I always tell people, please do not do this out loud with other people. It is really annoying. (laughs) So it's done in your head. And it's very different from typical listening in that typical listening usually is a mixture of this and taking a little sidestep from this to think about what you're just hearing and to process it and think where do I want to file this and what do I want to say about this as soon as she stops talking and how do I feel about this Mm. oh this is hard I'm not sure I want to do this you know chatter 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 and do I already know it and then I will like it and if not yes (laughs) yes I have to think about it exactly so people get a chance to really notice when they're present listening or when they're processing two different functions Mm -hmm. and most people don't realize the difference it's very powerful when they do I had a engineer once who was tasked with introducing me to a bunch of new hires for a workshop I was going to lead for them. Mm -hmm. And he and all the executive team had already been through this and said, go do this with everybody in the company. Anyway, he said, when she teaches you this one thing called the voice mirror, I just want to let you know, it saved my marriage. Wow. Yeah, and I thought, whoa. So he was actually being more present by in his mind lip dubbing his wife yes he was listening to his wife (laughs) really listening to her and he understood the difference between oh yeah she's talking now she'll be done in a minute and then I can tell her about this or I know what she's going to say so I don't have to pay attention to this yeah or what time is it I got to get out and get the lawn mowed yeah 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 you know he realized he had not been listening to her wow yeah. And that's, that's at least over here, surveys show 
that that's the number one complaint women have about their male partners <laughs> is that they don't listen and yeah I think it's a it's a, a human habit in general maybe yes. it's also yes. a gender thing I'm not sure lately well, uh, I haven't dated so many men but uh, <laughs> let's see men are trained to be problem solvers that's one of the ways that they serve in the world ah. Okay. So the minute you start talking, they hear the they identify the problem, and then they start trying to figure out how they can help you, mm. serve you. Okay. Yes, and you're they're not listening anymore. And engineers, of course, are trained problem solvers. Any anybody in the financial field or the tech field or engineers, they want to solve problems. That's what yeah. they do. So yeah. it's that analytical skill set kicks in and blocks the listening. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, this also really resonates with an exercise I often do. Um, why do you do what you do, or why mm -hmm. do you have this limiting belief? And somebody has to talk about why he or she is not doing what he would love to do, and the other person is simply listening and asks why. When somebody yes. stops explaining, so okay, you you do not have money to start your business. Why or how come? to be a little bit more gentle and then listening again but it's the only thing I have to coach on is that people do not start talking or or solving or sharing right. their opinion or you know right. trying to go from the path the person is talking uh, to exactly yeah exactly Beautiful. so an, another principle the yes and yeah when you think about that acceptance piece and appreciation piece that's listening isn't it yeah that's listening with no filters about judgment or comparisons it's just taking you in and appreciating you so developing that sense that filter of appreciation and being just being here with you is a really important piece of the yes mm -hmm. is that I'm here and not jump to the end mm. You know, the action piece or solve the problem piece. It's yeah. like, stay right here with you. And that might involve me then asking, being curious about you. Why, why, why do you do that? I love that question. Why do you do what you do? Yeah. Yeah, we had that I, ongoing. Yes, in your that session. exercise going. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. love that question. It's so and, nice. Yeah. And yes. And I've used it in uh, networking introduction processes. Glad you know? to hear that. Nice yeah, and and people like it's like whoa that really gets down to the core. Yeah, it? you will not start uh, talking from the heart from the from the head anymore. You have to yeah. you have to take some layers or ask again. Okay, mm -hmm. you are an IT specialist, very great, and you studied that. But why do you do that? You know, you have to ask again the why. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. In that sense. And uh, Sue. As a trainer, or do you self, you call yourself a facilitator? I guess, right? Uh, trainer slash facilitator. Yeah, the minute, I it hard the to minute you bring new information in to share, you're a trainer. However, yeah. we also facilitate the learning. So. I gear. I'm also a coach at the same time. And yeah, it's a, it's a combination of all three. Yeah. Practically. Yeah. So. Yeah. What about your own judgments? I mean, we all, you know, have a history. We all have a certain environment we grew up with, and things we mm -hmm. we automatically love, or things mm -hmm. we 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 feel more distance to. So, what do you do if you have a group of people uh, participants, and there are some participants that just annoy you, or they just you feel like, wow, I don't know, it's not smooth, or is this never happening? That can also be well. The case. When I engage. 
being fully present and I engage the yes and, mm -hmm. if I'm appreciating somebody for what they have to offer, then I will look in what they're offering to see what's of value there, mm -hmm. right? So let me let me go on to some mental flexibility and show you something that combines being fully present and listening sure. and the yes step, the acknowledgement <laughs> appreciation thing yep. that helps deal with people who appear to be trying to derail a situation mm -hmm. or it's also useful for people who digress or loop and it uses all uses the listening and the yes step. So why don't you uh, start being a a mm, an interruptive type of person who's got an agenda in your head? And say we're talking about leadership skills. Maybe that's the objective of the day is leadership, yeah. and we're looking at kind of a new angle on leadership yeah. skills. And you've got some ideas about this. So go ahead and let me show you how this works. So uh, leadership skills as of today. Um, I think, um, yeah, only students should uh, adopt those and teachers are no longer necessary in the classroom and uh, they will take uh, the lead mm. and they create their own curriculum because wow. teachers are, yeah, they don't no longer have a function in the, in the classroom. That's so true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I'm noticing that you have uh, a very keen observation about how the education system really needs to change and that the old model of that where you you are told what you're supposed to learn is changing to the students discovering what they have to learn and that's so much like uh, we don't have we can't go back and change that for ourselves however we can use that now in the company and in the way that we deal with leadership so like today we're learning some skills <laughs> that actually would help a student to step up and be able to do that so did you see what I did right you were just grasping in it and I yeah, you were lecturing me, no? Well, what I did was I acknowledged what you said. First. I, I added value uh, to it. So yeah. first I had to really listen to what your point was. What yeah. were you saying? You were taking it to a more abstract level, yeah. And totally. I, what I did was, well, there's three steps. One, I had to really listen because that's when I noticed you were starting on a, a rant, mm -hmm. a lecture of your own, okay? And I picked a nice arc place where I... Back up, before that, did you notice I was doing what I call noisy listening? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh -huh. oh yeah, uh-huh. Uh -huh. I was really encouraging you. Now, people who view somebody as a, a disruption won't want to encourage them. Yeah. However, it demonstrates I was really listening. It also got you used to my voice. Interesting, I thought I was always being annoying by saying, ha-ha, uh -huh, yes. Oh, beautiful, mm -hmm. but it's actually, <laughs> maybe it shows that I'm really involved. It's it's an acknowledgement level of the appreciation and acceptance. Uh -huh. Acknowledgement has a sound to it. So the first step was listening with the listening noises mm -hmm. and really getting where you were going. And then I wedged in with some active appreciation for what you contributed. And then I took step, and I kept the focus and took step by step, translated that 
over to transitioned it over to what we were talking about as a group and then you notice i stopped yeah. looking at you and i started talking ah, to everybody else we're not looking at, uh -huh. exactly because <laughs> if i stay here we're engaging in a discussion yeah but i took your value yeah. and applied it to the group and that way you felt what part of it uh, I'm not the only person that is uh, is dominating the the whole group, perhaps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you really contributed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you smooth out my my information. Right, in the group. and I linked it to what we're talking about. Yeah, and I do you it. do you often ask the group as well? Um, anyone has a an example as well? You know. Yes, or that would be a nice next step. Or do you think that's maybe frightening or? or challenging if, if people do not relate to the story. But you already made it so abstract, so they must. Yeah, yeah I made an umbrella. It. Yeah. I generalized it. Yeah. And, you know, offering an invitation is different than saying, so, Jessica, what's an example from your life where this, <laughs> you know, exactly. I, you invite another thing. It's all about the how it, you do it. Yeah. yeah. And you have to be managing the time when mm -hmm. you do that. If you are because of this person that this whole section has gotten bigger mm -hmm. uh, then I may not want to go to the audience and get other examples I may use them as a transition into my next point yeah yeah and that's mental flexibility yeah and I don't have that unless I listen and appreciate what you offered yeah and then I use your offer for the transition yeah. and that requires me to get mentally flexible because yeah. on the surface it may not seem clear yeah that there's any relationship whatsoever mm -hmm. to what we're talking about yeah and, Beautiful. and, yeah. and, and you'll, you'll if i'm in the yes and mode the yes mode i will find it mm -hmm. yeah yeah and sometimes when i feel people are stuck in their heads um i also make duos and i just try to create this dialogue amongst them like okay what sure. has e to do with b you know and how can you use that in your work context right. and sometimes i'm like i'm not sure <laughs> if there's any valuable thing well but it's like self-fulfilling prophecy in a good sense that and isn't that just what you were talking about is that the teacher isn't the font of knowledge it's the students and the experience they bring that helps them grow into yeah Definitely. so that's exactly the same thing is yeah. you don't have to know let's put them together and let them tell you <laughs> yeah together they have way more insights than you can ever have yeah right yeah right exactly interesting yeah nice so, so that little tool is called wedging in you know how when you want to split wood you put a wedge in there yeah and then when you hit it the wood splits mm -hmm. so the so I'm there with you and I set the wedge down and then I keep listening for the arc of mm -hmm. information that feels like it's a natural transition piece and then I wedge that open with the yes and then I keep the focus I don't give it back yeah and then I broaden it to include the group so that's called wedging in I created that because of a sister-in-law I used to have <laughs> without making the that particular person feeling uncomfortable or being shut off or mm -hmm. um, yeah, feeling useless or maybe regrets or, or interrupted yeah. like they they were off 
Yeah. And then and then they'll get defensive and it'll get worse. Yeah. This is great for students too, you know, that kind of chatting through your sessions or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right, Definitely. with each other. I had a group I remember once, it was so funny. The one of the um, what was it about? It was I think it was customer service. Mm -hmm. And there was this lady in the group who just after every point anybody made had to have some advice mm -hmm. for them. Everything anybody said, she had some advice for. And I was very, like, after the third time she did it, I thought, okay, bring out the wedging in tool here. Yeah. And I started very early on wedging in, acknowledging, appreciating her, applying it to what we were talking about, and moving on. And the funny thing was, in the afternoon, I taught them the wedging in. Haha. <laughs> And um, at the break after I taught them that, in within a customer service, you know, framework, because customers yeah, sometimes sure. loop, digress, blah, blah, yeah. blah. They have to tell you their whole story. Um, during the break, somebody else came up and she says, that's a really cool tool. She says, you were using it on her all morning, weren't you? Because <laughs> I was watching the way you just gracefully took the focus back over and over and over. Yeah. You were using that. And I said, yep. Yep. <laughs> that's beautiful that's experiencing and then learning it's double loop learning right yes 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 and you know anybody who was paying attention in the room that got it like this lady they all of a sudden they had their own direct experience with it they saw it in action working mm -hmm. so that gave it even more credibility yeah so Sue I remember I had a participant once and uh, this was um, an uh, yeah, older male man. He was really. He he didn't really look happy, you know, from the outside. And then I did a check in, and then he said, "I thought it was really brave and powerful. Um, I feel nervous, and I don't know why." Hmm. It was at the start of a, of the session, you know. Of course, yes. Unknown. Yeah. Improv. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I didn't even say I was about to do improv or anything, but it was oh. just new people and it was a session about transformation. So same thing, being pretty scared, I think. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are don't like going into training situations because they feel they're going to end up looking dumb. Yeah. Because the ego thing. that's tied to that thing about I'm supposed to know everything. Yeah. You know, know, these are people who would never probably ever say, you know, I'm not sure. Let me, I'll look that up and get back to you. Yeah. You probably would never ever say yeah. that. Yeah. And the funny thing is that he did open up and uh, at a certain point mm -hmm. of time, I felt the, some something was transforming internally. Um, it was a very short session, maybe two or three hours. And after that, uh, a month later, I had like a, a coaching session on the phone with him and yeah, he was kind of downsizing the session. Well, back then in the session, he was a different person, you know. Mm -hmm. So he got a, he felt like back in his patterns. Um, so I'm I'm with hosted transform as you might have dived into my concept. I really champion these exercises to be 30 minutes a, a day or 30 minutes a week mm -hmm. to actually mm -hmm. practice it as a kind of yoga. And not so much as a training program that is five hours and we are kind of, you know, figuring out how we can kind of entertain people right. for five hours. Right. Make it really interesting and aha moment after aha moment. And I, I 
kind of felt disappointed when I started off as a trainer. And as of today, I'm actually building and designing skills and toolkits for people to apply themselves. So I have the same target audience as you have, totally. Uh, but also to really integrate it and to have just sessions during the day. Right. To right. Keep so it's ongoing skill building. It's like going to the gym, you know. You, right. You're exactly. not fit in one day. You have to continuously doing it and you get more fun in it. And after a while, you chose your own uh, machines you love to work with or own style. Maybe right. we want to dance more. Some people want to work with machines. And yeah, this is kind of something what I would love to do. But it's so new. I mean, if you say... Uh, 30, uh, 15 minutes of meditation people kind of know what you're, where you're coming from but if you say let's do 30 minutes of fitness for the mind and network or whatever metaphor you can think of it's yeah. still a little bit off the hook and I'm kind of trying to find my way to make this more yeah I don't like the word mainstream but more accepted and mm-hmm. why why take a 30 minute cigarette break if you can also do other stuff you know or right right That, that's one of the things I really appreciate about what you're doing is that you are giving people a toolkit that they can use. So, um, of course, you're, you're cutting edge mm-hmm. is what you are. And cutting edge runs into things like changing my pattern is scary and it's hard work. It's easier just to do what I always did. Yeah. Until something really painful happens that makes people that provides the inspiration some some of us are self-starters we get inspired because we like the way something worked yeah. I want to do that more you know or it felt really good to be listening in a different way or connecting with people in a different way. that felt so much better I want to do that more yeah yeah the whole thing about solutions focus it really focuses on you know the little delightful things that work and that's not the way mm, historically the mind that problem-solving thing is what didn't work mm-hmm. I got to focus on that and then I have to fix that much easier to focus on what did work and do that more yeah <laughs> you know and in yeah. a sense a toolkit is saying here use this see how that feels if it works do more of that do more of whatever works yeah that's all simple no. Yeah, yeah. Instead of focusing on what doesn't work and how bad I feel. Yeah. What a you, downer that is. Yeah. It will take over your whole uh, your whole perception of everything. Yeah. Exactly. And that yeah. is a very strong perception that a lot of people have. Yeah. Yeah, and I also felt like some, you know, I also had, of course on the phone I had to listen to him in an open mind again and being present of course. and not say you liked it and no you did. And it did change. You mm-hmm. should apply it more because you were judging. I saw it on your face. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was just well, listening then the to him. And yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if he wants to say that, like, yeah, those games are pretty nice and, and valuable, uh, but, you know, maybe not for me. And then I'm like, oh, man, you, you can make the biggest jump, you know, from the whole yes. group. <laughs> Now, in a case like that, see, the, the, uh, the yes ending there is to say, you're right, they are not for everyone. However, let's focus on what they gave you. Never mind the game. Yeah. That was just that was just a vehicle. Exactly. You know, we're not in yeah. that vehicle anymore. So, you know, what, what did you notice that worked and has anything since then? Has it worked? Where, yeah. where are the things that have worked? Yeah. Because you need to guide him to see differently. He's yeah. still looking through the same old filter. Yeah. People yeah. like that need a new filter. Yeah. 
totally yeah interesting nice so um Yeah, I'm, I, there's so many interesting things we can talk about, but uh, it's already 50 minutes that passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one more question, and then I sure. would, would love for you to uh, to fill up the gaps. You know, if there's anything you would like to add, or maybe you want to talk about, or, or uh, mm-hmm. champion, or let the listeners know how to find more about your work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah. Do you think you're you yourself? Let's keep it with leadership. Do you think you're you're a leader, from a natural leader, or what kind of leader are you? Hmm. Or is everyone th- a leader? You know, you can approach. Well, I think I think it's a hat mm-hmm. that we can wear given the circumstances. There are times when um, I can I'm comfortable stepping up. And initiating and taking over leadership in the moment. I was the uh, second child in a group of six, and I was the first girl, uh-huh. which meant, in a sense, I was put in the leadership role of the family underneath me. My mm-hmm. brother was in charge of the yard; he was outside. Okay, mm-hmm. I was inside with all the kids. Mm-hmm. So very, it's very easy for me to do that. I have a lot of firstborn tendencies just to step into leadership. The bigger challenge for me is to step back and let other people go first. And I'm yeah. aware of that, so I do that. And it doesn't feel, it used to just ah, be really like itchy yeah, yeah, to do yeah. that. It's like, they're not doing it. I better do it. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> no, Sue. <laughs> you don't need to. Not yeah. everybody works so fast like you do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I, I feel just, you. I, f- I feel we're on the same page there. Like, mm-hmm. um, I can totally be, you know, the typical leader, initiate things and have ideas and go from A to B. And people often, you know, also feel comfortable following, you know, not mm-hmm. the whole world, but just um, yeah. from nature. I don't know. Um, but I love to be uh, led to, for example, I went to Israel like uh, two weeks ago uh, for right. a wedding in Bethlehem. And before that, I went to Brazil. And before that, I went to other places. And they were all new places for me. And I got the, the opportunity and, the, and the, how do you say, the privilege, I should say, to meet up with people that know the city really well or the, or the places where mm-hmm. they live and then all the cool stuff. And as soon as I know, we're, I resonate with them. They know we kind of have the same taste or they know what they're doing. That's maybe mm-hmm. be- better the way to formulate it. Then I'm an easy follower. Yes. And it's really yes. strange because as for after two weeks of following, you know, I was on my own again. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> where do I go? You know, I have to get to the airport and I have to yeah. get a cap myself. And right. To get First, a- I got to get my other hat back on. Exactly. Yeah. And I exactly. didn't took so much and I j- enjoyed it. Actually, I also felt some yeah. uh, revival within me. Like, oh, I mm. have also yes. my own. Yes. My own steering in my hand again. Yeah. Yes. One of the things in improv theater training is the need to be willing to be to step up quickly to be the lead, like the star. Yeah. You're the leader for the moment. Or to quickly step into support role. Yeah. Step back. And to be able to perceive what's needed in the moment. Yeah. And I give credit to my ability to do both mm-hmm. to that training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed over time that I know how to be a good supporter because of that improv training. Mm -hmm. 
like you're talking about, you, I can step into that role, role really well. Yeah, you, so, you made sure that my face is uh, illuminated right now yes. by this lamp. <laughs> yes. You told and, me. <laughs> and one of the th ways that this shows up a lot when I'm out in the world, like with a group setting and somebody else is in charge, whether they're a performer or a speaker or a workshop leader, whatever, is that they give me as an audience member, a group member, a lot of focus. And mm -hmm. I thought, why are they looking at me so much? Mm -hmm. I'm getting more than my share of their attention. Mm -hmm. And I realized after a while, it's because they got it unconsciously that I'm really there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they kept coming back to me. Yeah. Whereas other people might, you know, their attention might wander a little, you know, or they're looking down at their phone, or maybe they're writing some notes, whatever. They're not fully there. Yeah. Yeah, people can totally sense it. Everything Ex is energy in the end, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I'm putting off not only my attention is there, but it's like my wanting them to succeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can totally feel that support, even right. if it's invisible. Yeah. Yeah. So I've stopped sitting in the front row <laughs> because of that. Yeah, I sit back a little deeper because that way, if somebody keeps looking at me, at least people around me think they're looking at them. <laughs> You know, it disperses it a little bit. Are yeah, you sure like, you were not wearing like a strange hat? I must have been. <laughs> or my hair. People often comment on my hair. Look at there's that woman with the hair. Look at that hair. You know, that's, <laughs> that's interesting mark. hair. I wonder how she does that. Hmm, is it product or is it the cut? What it, could I do that with my hair? <laughs> it's your trademark. I love it. Like with me, it started to begin green. I wear green a lot. Aha! Uh -huh. Unconsciously or sub... Is it subconsciously or unconsciously? I'm confused. Maybe it's both. Both. Mm, let's make it both. So, Sue, um, do you have... I love this uh, this this dialogue we have and, and also especially the exercises you did with us, the wedging in and the... Uh, the open, uh, what was it, the voice mirror, sorry. Hmm? Um, I hope people can repeat them and uh, apply it in their own work context, even if you and lecture. The and the definition for the yes, because that's the really important connector between the listening and the wedging in. Yeah, so the yes is not a literally yes ending to all the proposals you get in your life, then you get married maybe every day. Uh, if you're lucky <laughs> or breaking up every day but it's about accepting uh, the circumstances uh, in and your appreciating, mind appreciating appreciating yeah turning it to something positive and what did work even mm -hmm. though you might feel devastated right uh, well i may not in the end want to go in that direction however mm -hmm. I can decide that later based on more information rather than instantly like a knee jerk reaction <laughs> yeah 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 beautiful so great. So do you have anything you would love to share or to add or we didn't uh, touch upon? Mm -hmm. Well, will there be a follow-up with some links to some things? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. what I can do is I can give you a, send you a document on a description of the voice mirror and a description of the wedging in. Beautiful. I can, I can also send you a document that summarizes what the applied improv definition of yes and is. And I can send you the link to uh, my my online course of mm -hmm. how to use these principles in your designing of workshops or events or talks or even a meeting. Uh, I've taken my day-long design program and created a um, online course for it. And Beautiful. there's a, a free peek of, of what it's about is on there for anybody who wants to go in and look. Definitely. And, 
Yeah, and at this point, my whole, after years and years and years of producing events and handling logistics and everything, registration, marketing, everything, I now go where I'm invited. Mm. So I don't like, let me know when you offer something. That's not the way, I, how I work anymore. Mm. Other people invite me to yeah. bring something. Nice. And, and then it goes up on the website and I let people know that I'm doing that. Nice. Uh, I, I feel like I've been on a slight hiatus because of that young man that you met earlier, my grandson, because he lives here with me. I'm helping to raise him. Mm. I'm, t I'm teaching him yes and very early on. Wow. He's and so his, lucky. <laughs> his daddy, his daddy's a real yes ander also. So because both my sons are really, they have the improv filter. Nice. That whole By yes and filter already. Yes, yes. So, so my son and I are basically doing the bulk of raising him, uh, and and while he's been small, giving that a lot of focus um, to be Beautiful. there in support of that. So, and I'm ititching to get back and be doing some more more work yeah. so whether so when are you, when are you back in the Netherlands you ha you also have a house here right I have an uh, um, apartment I have bus business partners yeah. and they find an apartment for me a short-term apartment when I come I've been in a different one every ah, time I come. you're swapping houses no it's not well only game I, swaps but swapping houses not exactly because there's a lot of short-term rentals all over the world now ah, yeah yeah and so they find a short-term rental for me Beautiful. Uh, when I come. So, nice. yeah, no, this house is full here. I couldn't swap because there's, <laughs> there's a daddy, a mommy, people. and a little guy live here with me. Nice. So, yeah. So, Sue, I hope to be in San Francisco somewhere in the summer, actually. Oh, uh, yay. Nothing final yet, but, you know, uh -huh. I believe in the law of attraction. So, I do my little future mm -hmm. planning in my head sometimes so it would right. be nice to hook up and let me know when you're back in the Netherlands I will right it may not be till next year at this point the okay. uh, AIN conference was going to be my anchor to come over yeah and it's just at the wrong time of year for me to come okay. I just can't come in August okay. Uh, okay so it just sort of pushed everything off to spring okay well and I'm it turns out well. that you and Laura mm -hmm. is coming over this summer and then my business partner Lydia is going to come over in September Here so it go. looks like it looks like the Netherlands is coming to me finally in the summer and time. the fall so yeah so I don't I don't need to travel this year let's go to this bluegrass festival in uh, oh, Golden Gate Park <laughs> sounds lovely I love bluegrass music yes beautiful yes. So, Sue, thank you so much for your time and for your great insights. I will definitely add the links in the podcast so people can check it out. Right. And, uh, I mean, for sure, we will continue this conversation as it's never ending, right? It's a mm -hmm. continuous learning loop. And nice. uh, let's speak soon. All right. I love it. Thank you.